Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. The Kinky Cast is heard in over 150 countries. This week's episode is 240. In our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships, views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we present J. Moyes, Public Relations to the Kinky Stars. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for loads of information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com. Here's your hosts, Woody and the Beast. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Sitting next to me is the Beast. Hey, Woody. It's been a long, hot summer. It has, and uh, we've got a lot of heat left. Speaking of heat, on the line with us is Jay Moyes in Los Angeles. How are you, Jay? Doing good. Uh, actually coming to you from Porn Valley, California, just a little bit northwest of L.A., where we're considering it to be lucky to be just under 100 degrees out here. We've we've had some days where we actually hit 118 a few, few weeks ago. Let's see. Porn Valley, that would be lovely. Chatsworth? Chatsworth, Canoga Park, Van Nuys, yep. Oh, there is so many, so much porn industry out there. It's amazing. It used to be more. Yeah, that's, that's true. Some of it has gone away. Yeah, yeah so much yeah. gone away, and uh, so so much of it went to the uh, uh, filming in your bedroom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gone private. Yeah. Gone private. So, Jay, give us a little background. You've been around the adult industry for a while. Yeah, when I was in my late twenties. I had a friend of mine that knew I had been involved in adult and BDSM and that sort of thing. And she needed someone to help out over at AVN and asked me to come on. I started out in the art in the archives department and I stayed on. I was there for about six years and uh, I was... Technically, we called ourselves the production department, and we gathered art, uh, got it ready to go into the magazine, had to go to a lot of production companies in general and ask for photos, stills, logos, and that sort of thing, and kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but that was kind of how I started doing stuff on the PR end, is I had to start working with a lot of publicists in order to get artwork to go in the magazines. And some didn't even know where to begin with it. It was like, oh yeah, that's right. I We're a porn company. We should be sending you images about our movie, shouldn't we? Yeah, surprise, surprise. Just for our listeners, uh, remind them what AVN is. Adult Video News. The Adult Video News is responsible for the big show every year in Vegas, right? That's right. That's right. They were part of CES up until about 2000. And then they kind of they started their own big top for the uh, porn adult circus type stuff. <laughs> I, was, I like that porn adult circus. I was at the awards, AVN Awards, when Rick James got a Life Achievement Award. That was just before Woo! his death. You're dating yourself. Yes, I am. Yeah. But, but that was like 2001, somewhere back in there. But that's ancient history for in, in, yeah. in the industry. In internet time. Yeah, in yeah. internet yeah. time. Yeah. But uh, you, you, you started running events yourself now, haven't you? 
Uh, not so much running events, but um, we kind of got a toehold in with helping out at events and such. I met my partner, Sherry, back about 2003, 2004. And Sherry has had professional experience in publicity and such going before then, working for mainstream radio station and working in the radio and music side. And we actually, we were introduced by a dominatrix doing an event called Stiletto at the world famous 7969 Club in West Hollywood. And so Sherry had the radio music and PR end there. I had the art graphic design end on the other side and a lot of involvement on adult. And so when we were kind of with friends and working with certain parties and events, something would happen like um, we were we were helping out with Threshold a lot. And so when Bizarre Bizarre would come up, we'd put together a press release, start to get, fr- you know, friends and adults going, hey, you know, it's like they're doing Bizarre Bizarre. Do you have anything you want to donate? Do you want to sponsor? Do you want to do a cross promotion with this? And we were able to start building on those events and help with those events. And that in turn kind of propelled us forward working with production companies. And uh, we began Black and Blue Media. We were working with Sky Blue, Platinum Blue Productions, Michael Nin, and doing other adventures there. And that means today you are the PR world firm for the kink world? Actually, we pride ourselves more on... Well, we've prided ourselves more on being a publicity company for the adult industry. Sherry is now looking to go more on the mainstream side. But my roots personally have gone back in kink all the way into the 90s, uh, back when I was doing artwork for The Spectator. I've been doing femdom artwork since I was in college. And so... I'll always have a big spot in my heart for BDSM and the community. And I've been working with Mistress Cyan. I've known her for well over 10 years, probably closer to uh, 15. And for on and off for the past five, I've been working with DomCon, which is one of the big events she does. And uh, we started with uh, the big thing we started was with a trade agreement where I was doing publicity for DomCon Los Angeles and helping out with some other stuff here and there. And that's moved into, she's officially uh, my PR client. To put in a shameless plug for DomCon, that's coming up here shortly in Louisiana. Yes, DomCon New Orleans. It's actually a franchise right now. We've got DomCon Los Angeles in May, DomCon New Orleans in October, and we have been looking to branch out uh, for going outside the country as well. We'll leave that surprise for later on. That's uh, still cooking. We had Mr. Cyan on the show here a while back, and she uh, talked a bit about DomCon then, and it sounds like a great event. It is. Uh, the concept was there's sometimes a rub between the professional domination side and the the BDSM community in general, revolution 
is an inclusionary process, and Cyan is very much about that. And Cyan wanted to bridge that gap that would keep coming up sometimes where people in the community were like, well, you're, you're a dominatrix, you're in it for the money, you're not a lifestyler, and the doms would be, you know, it's like, well, that's, that's closer to the swingers or that's, that's not necessarily our thing. And she's like, no, we are all in this together. And there are many pro tops, many pro doms that are lifestylers and they, this is what they love. This is what we're about. And so it, it was a good outreach event and she knew how to start bringing people together. She brought in doms. She brought in artists. The first one, we actually had an art show as part of DomCon. I was one of the artists there. Uh, we had a vendor area. You can bring in gear. You know, you could buy gear uh, and equipment and, and uh, latex outfits and fashions. And so it became this really, really great BDSM crossover event, kind of like a Folsom, Folsom South California kind of thing. By doing this event, we could spotlight dominatrixes. We could spotlight vendors. We could not only have classes in general on BDSM, bondage techniques, new techniques such as electric play, edge play, uh, role play games. But also because this was involving the pros, we could come into legal discussions, financial planning, uh, dealing with clients and dealing with running a BDSM-oriented business. And that also kind of lends itself into some of the club business. It's like there are a number of places out there that they want to be a community space. They want to have community events, but they're there to try and keep a roof over the place and make the space make money. So this became kind of a place where people could compare notes business-wise, get ideas, get updates, and keep in touch with what was going on business-wise in BDSM. So uh, this event has really become a combination of the professional that you would see like at an AVN event and the uh, amateur events where people come for an educational track and so forth. You have melded these together in the DomCon franchise. Exactly, exactly. And this is and it's fun because not only do we have the business side and the vendor side we also have parties you know wild fetish nights and so this this becomes this really great electrifying thing to come check out now um our listeners that haven't been to domcon is there a red carpet we have an opening night and uh, opening ceremonies night and that is basically where the red carpet comes out and we formally introduce people and that's also where we formally introduce the mistresses of ceremonies and the guests of honor. Uh, this year, I believe we not only had the red carpet, but we had the media wall uh, presented by Whipler, where people that wanted to have their photos taken could have their photos taken and pose and, and uh, present themselves and 
and feel like a rock star or a porn star. That's a good way to put it. So uh, you you come to the event and you can you can be uh, the uh, star of your own little show there for a little bit. Yeah, and take home some of the great memories of all the elbows you rub up against. Yeah, it does. And sometimes some physical souvenirs, depending on who you're playing with and what's going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, some. Uh, well, well, uh, the players do value their marks and so forth, don't they? Uh huh. What side of the slash do you put yourself on? Nowadays, I just kind of say that I'm just plain kinky or a perv. <laughs> uh, I started as a sub, primarily oriented to the femme side. I got involved through the San Francisco community in the 90s. Oh, my. And that, that was yeah, an adventure. And, and it's... The community at the time was a major crossover community. It wasn't just, you know, when people when we use the word pansexual, it kind of has its own connotation to it. But in this case, it really was the gay community crossed with the leather community, which crossed with the science fiction community, which crossed with the Renfair community, the trans community. It all just kind of – there was a lot of crossover in general, a lot of um, – a melting pot of sexuality and sexual preferences. And so while you could say I was submissive, primarily straight-oriented, I was definitely – at a lot of gay events, a lot of queer positive events, and I do consider myself on the queer spectrum. It was just that much cross-pollinization. San Francisco has a lot more of the uh, crossovers than you see in many other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. Was your involvement through Society of Janus back then? A little bit. The funny thing is, is while I crossed paths with Society of Janus and uh, a lot of the folks in there, I've, I've always been a supporter. I've always been a favorer. I didn't actually find myself at many of their events. Uh, I tended to go to the Link Space, which is now gone. The, the dreaded Castle Bar? Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I was there before it became Castle Bar, too. It was – I'm trying to remember there was some – I think there was something going on there beforehand. And then I had a friend that – I swear I had a friend that was a dom there, and I – been there for a, a number of their parties. Uh, what I was really closely affiliated with back at the time was uh, Service of Mankind Church. Bill and Robin were good friends of mine and still are. We still touch base every now and again. And that was primarily a femdom-oriented role-play society. That was such a melting pot in the 80s and 90s, wasn't it? Such oh, a yeah. pot. You you jumped over to AVN, and from AVN, you got into PR. What other events do you work with? Working with Cyan, uh, we've got, uh, of course, DomCon New Orleans coming up in October. We've got some slave auction fundraisers going on uh, over at Sanctuary coming up in November, December. These are where... You know, in November, we're doing a food drive. In December, we're doing the big toy drive. And part of what you can do is, number one, you bring in gifts for uh, the homeless and such. We have a church that we work with over in North Hollywood to distribute to the needy. And 
you put yourself up and your services available to raise additional funds to help those in need. So as a sub, I could put myself on and go, okay, for a date with Jay or to play tonight, X amount uh, could even include in there Jay doing art or, or that sort of thing. But also a Dom could come up and offer paddling, flogging, an evening, what have you, and put themselves up, put themselves for auction. And it's for a good cause. It really is. We're doing a big thing with AVN. Speaking of AVN, we run Layer at AVN uh, at the show in Vegas. That's the BDSM vendor side of the event. Of course, afterwards, we go into DomCon Los Angeles in May. And then in June, we... Uh, run a section of Los Angeles Gay Pride called Erotic City. And that's the BDSM outreach, playstations, vendor booths, and that sort of thing to work with the gay and lesbian community and introduce them to a bit of the dark side and the leather side. (laughs) And then after that event in June, we breathe and get ready for more stuff to come. And I'm that's where we are now. You are, you're, you're breathing for a little bit before you head for uh, NOLA. And and then there's all the SASH events coming up. I've got a press release getting ready to go that Cyan's uh, judging um, the Mr. for Christopher Street West competition coming up uh, next week. Our listeners in middle America are just, their heads are spinning that that there are places in our great country that this uh, happens so freely and openly because uh, you come to the middle part of the country and, and we're pretty repressed still. See, it's not like that in Topeka. Really? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. You need to visit Topeka or not. Yeah. <laughs> San Francisco and L.A. Uh, are just aglow with activities. Um, I spent time in both L.A. and San Francisco in the kink world. And just going to classes, you know, three nights a week is a wonderful thing. You can learn so much and socialize with huge, diverse communities. And that's the thing that I really miss is the diverseness that you were talking about earlier. And oh, yeah. uh, I find in other parts of the country, it's very clicky. You have, you know, a gay community that does not, you know, really deal too much with straight people. You have kinksters that don't deal with swingers and, and it's all separate entities. And it's sad when that happens because it, it is, there's really. so much we can get out of each other. You know, that sounds a little a little creepy, but there's, there's a lot that good. these communities have to offer each other. There is a, a tremendous Southern California leather. What's the rest of it? Um, they have the big picnic every year and all that. I used to go to those. And that had every kind of person you can think of going to it. And the thing is, is that, I mean, the, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember her name. We actually had like, there was a Johnny Appleseed of the BDSM that actually Nancy went Ava the, Miller. the internet. Nancy huh? Ava Miller. Oh, okay. Nancy I'm Ava Miller. To... Yep. She's out of uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque. Oh, okay. And this, this this woman would go to all the swingers parties 
And she'd start getting this, you know, she'd started introducing bondage and BDSM with the swingers. And one of the stories I'd remember with these is that the guys would just, you know, if anything, they wanted to dom or what have you. But, you know, it wasn't quite their thing. But the moment she started playing with the women, it's like the guys were like, oh, hey, I want to have a look at that. Wait a minute. Hey, come over here. Guys yeah, are that way. Yeah. And just kind of planting the seeds here and there. And, you know, there there are guys who say, oh, you know, the gay thing isn't for me. But we may only be thinking about, like, the alpha male side uh, or the, you know, or the cross-dressing side or the, you know, in, in terms of certain role play. So when you start kind of getting these other other perspectives, other sides – you kind of, you know, it's it's freeing. It's completely different kind of play, the way two gay men will play, two women uh, will play with each other very differently than a male female, and just mm-hmm. watching them is it's a wonderful thing to try to bring new uh, techniques and ideas into your own play. I, I'm a straight man, and uh, but I've picked up so much from the gay community. But there is a difference even between the way a man and woman plays and a woman and man plays. Depends on who is who's who, on top. Who who's on top, and, and mm-hmm. how the how the play goes. Well, yes, to to quote uh, Ms. Cat here from a yeah. couple of weeks back, the way she plays is pretty amazing. Yeah, what's in the future for for your company, Jay? Sherry is working and branching out more on the mainstream side. She's currently working with Michael Nin on a new line of CBD oils and fragrances called uh, Truth with uh, Stormy Daniels. You may have seen some. <laughs> okay. Speaking we- of press releases and such, you may have seen some of that uh, on the market lately or some of the press releases out in the adult press. And she's looking to branch out, you know, work with CBD clients and other mainstreamish type stuff on the edges. Um, I'm still perfectly fine with working with BDSM, uh, adult businesses in general, and myself personally. Uh, man, we've barely touched on this side. I run a thing called FetishArtist.net. I've been doing BDSM and fetish art. It, Pretty much since I turned 21 and was in college. And so uh, I do shows. I've, I'm submitting uh, pieces for the Coaster Show at Gallery 30 South in Pasadena. Uh, I've had uh, fetish art and BDSM art in Dirty Show Detroit, La Luz de la Sous Gallery over in Hollywood, and... I'm looking to uh, do uh, 12 Inches of Sin. I'm planning to submit pieces uh, for for that show, 12 Inches of Sin at Sin City Gallery in Vegas. 12, um, inches, see if I can make it. 12 inches of sin? What are 12, 12 inches? 12 inches. Well, the, the cool thing about the group shows is they come up with these ideas that everyone has to meet a certain theme or in some cases a certain media. And in 12 inches of sin, the pieces cannot go larger than 12 inches by 12 inches. So if you're doing a canvas, the canvas can't go any further than 12 by 12. If you're doing a paper image, that 
you know, you can mat outside that. The actual piece of artwork itself cannot be larger than 12 inches by 12 inches. And Jay, what is your website to for our listeners to find your artwork? fetishartist.net and through there you'll find links to uh, my Etsy page and my Cafe Press page. And these will be on the show page on kinkycast.com. And and what's your uh, your PR uh, website? I'm glad you asked. Blackandbluemedia.com. Okay, thank you. Jay, it's been a real pleasure talking to you tonight and you are just a wealth of information. Wow. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here, and I'll gladly come back uh, if you need uh, more to discuss in the future. Well, as your Stormy Daniels line uh, comes out, <laughs> we'll hear back from you. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank Talk you, to you soon. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Episode 240 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. Join us next week when we present, two MDs and a microphone, rash decisions, Dr. Dan and Peggy Sue live at Frolicon. 